last was in Kiern. She was at Eskand. We had him for 12 years. When, when Prince was young and Celeste was in kindergarten, she Check. Oh, is it better? Did you hear anything about my dog that died? Man, no compassion. Anyway, so Celeste was in kindergarten and she did a dog trick for the talent show. And she went up. So you have to understand she was in kindergarten. And she went up with Prince and she said, sit. And Prince sat, right? And when Prince sat, Of course, Prince was sitting, Prince was taller than Celeste because she was in kindergarten at the time. And she said, down. He said, down. She said, up. He got up. She said, back. And the dog, like, walked back, like moonwalk. Okay? And then she said, twirl. He twirled. She said, jump. He jumped. And then she said, speak. And at that time, everyone was mesmerized by Celeste and the dog. And you could hear a pin drop. It was so quiet. And Prince, uh, Celeste said, speak. And Prince went, whoa! Okay? And then she said, stay. And Celeste walked off the stage. And you have to understand, it was all quiet, and there was this um, spotlight on Prince waiting on the stage. She walked off the stage, and he was just waiting there. And Celeste said, come. And he came to her. Everyone went crazy. And that year, she won the first place for the talent show. First time ever. Yes, go ahead. Yes. First time ever a kindergartner won the first place in talent show. That's my daughter. Let's pray. Lord, we come to your place to worship you. Lord, I pray that you be with each and every one of us in our hearts. Now, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in a series called Courageous. It's a series on the book of Daniel, chapters 1 through 7. Um, Daniel, chapters 2 to 7 are written in Aramaic, whereas the rest of the book are written in Hebrew. In addition... 
Daniel chapters 2 to 7 are in chiastic structure. Okay, right here. So chapters 2 and 7 are connected. Chapters 3 and 6 are connected. Chapters 4 and 5 are connected. We went through all those chapters and today we're going to study chapters 4 and 5, which is the last of the series. So let's go to Daniel chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Okay, so we're going to read it one more time. Verse 18. Your majesty, the most high God, your majesty, the most high God, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. Verse 20. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was disposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox. And his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the most high God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. In Daniel 5, there was a party. This party was thrown by King Belshazzar and about a thousand Babylon VIPs attended. Then the king, who was completely wasted at the party, gives orders to bring in gold and silver cups from the temple of Jerusalem. He probably wanted to let the guests drink from the gold and silver and kind of show off his wealth. Can you imagine Drinking from silver and gold cups. Can you imagine eating your rice and kimchi with golden chopsticks? That will be marvelous, right? If my wife like cut fruit and then feed me with 24 karat fork, oh, that will be marveloso, seriously, right? Anyway, the guests were having a marvelous time. But then all of a sudden, they got terrified. They got terrified. The fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall. There's a picture. Look at this creepy picture. See? Right? They're like having a good time and all of a sudden, this hand appears and writes something on the wall. The Bible says the king's face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. No, 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 not yet. But they were so terrified and they were so shocked. Anyway, um, if I use an emoji to express their emotion, it would be like this one. Now you can go. Emoji, there you go. Right? Or this one. Yeah, there you go. All of the guests and the king were freaked out, confused, and scared. 
So what does the king do then? I mean, we saw this again and again throughout the series, right? He gathered all his wise men, enchanters, astrologers. You know, he declared, whoever could read this and explain to me what this means, I'll give you anything you want. I'm going to put you on the third most most powerful person in this country, in this kingdom. But nobody could read the writing or tell the king what the writings meant. Now the mother queen heard about this and showed up before the king and advised the king should bring in Daniel. And this is truly ironic because here King Belshazzar is now calling for Belshazzar. You see, Daniel's Babylonian name was Belshazzar, and the king who's calling Daniel is Belshazzar. Do they have the same name? Or is it possible that King Belshazzar was named after Daniel Belshazzar? So, I did some research, and some theologians believe that King Belshazzar could be named after Daniel. So this King Belshazzar is actually not the son of King Nebuchadnezzar. It's actually a grandson or about great-grandson. It's about 50 years after Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar's time. But it could be totally possible that um, at a certain point, um, one of Nebuchadnezzar's kids, hey, I'm going to name my kid after the superstar wise man Belshazzar. Except some theologians actually say they had the same name. Except they think that when they wrote, whoever wrote the book of Daniel, when they wrote Daniel, Daniel's Babylonian name was Belshazzar, which means, Bel means the God. Okay, it was the God of Babylon. And Shazar means protector of the king. Okay, protector of king. So Belshazzar means Bel, the God, the Babylonian God, is the protector of king. But by putting little T on it, Daniel might be saying, Bel is not the protector of king. So it actually could be same name. Belshazzar, Belshazzar, the king Belshazzar, and Daniel. They meet together. And then, Daniel shows up at the party and all of a sudden, Daniel tells a story to the king. And that's today's passage, actually. Which is actually a summary of Daniel chapter 4. And you see how chapter 4 and 5 are related. In the middle of chapter 5 is actually the summary of chapter 4. And they bring the same message, same lesson. You know what happens in chapter 4, right? So let's go to chapter 4 story. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. I know. Again? Yes. In his dream, he saw a tree in the middle of the land. Okay, look at that. Nice big tree, right? It was an enormous tree. The tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. This almost sounds like a reference to the Tower of Babel in Genesis, right? 
but actually kind of but not really know. The tree is also described much like the tree of life in the book of Genesis. It is so grand, you can see the ends of the earth, its leaves are beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it is a food for all. Under it, the wild animals find shelter, and the birds live in its branches. From it, every creature is fed. The tree gives life to all. And like the tree of life, the tree displays the power and prosperity of the king and his kingdom. Clearly, the tree or the king represented here is kind of an image bearer of God himself. The one who is a source of life. The one who gives life. But then, a messenger appears from heaven. He calls in a loud voice, cut down the tree except for the stump and its roots. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the animals among the plants, uh, plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let him be given the mind of an animal. Till seven times pass by for him. A man to the mind of an animal. An animal. Then Daniel interprets the dream. The tree represents a kingdom which has grown great and strong. You may reach sky high and your sovereignty rules, uh, stretches all to the ends of the earth. However, there is a message from heaven. The Most High God has sentenced you, my king. This is Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar. You'll be driven away from human company and live with the wild animals. You'll live like a beast. The part about the tree stump and, and roots being left means that your kingdom will still be okay. Right? After you learn that it is heaven that rules all over the earth, then you'll be able to come back to it. So King Daniel continued, Take advice from me. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that, then your prosperity will continue. Now, you know the story. Did the king listen? Did the king listen to the advice of Daniel? Just about 12 months later, King Nebuchadnezzar was walking on the balcony of the royal palace in Babylon, and he boasted, Look at all this that I have built. Look at all this that I have done, and I built it all by myself. He said, I built it all by myself. You know, my kids used to say that, all by myself. At a certain point, the kids reach like four or five, and then they tell you, I can do it all by myself. And they eat, and they go, I can eat all by myself. And, and they clean their room. I can, do, you know, it's their thing. It becomes like, I can do 
all by myself. Except, whenever they rode the bicycle all by themselves and they, they did eating by themselves, except I taught them everything. You know what I mean? I taught them everything. In fact, you know the hands that they use to ride bicycle, do homework, or even eat? Even those hands, I gave them to them. Literally. When I see their hands, I'm like, dude, those are my hands. They look like my hands. When you look at Christian's hands, they look like Amy's hands. When I look at Celeste's hands, those are my hands. I know. I know. Even her hands, it's terrible. I feel bad, right? But how do you think that sounds to God when we say that to God? God, I did this all by myself. All my work, all my success, all of my achievement, I worked hard for it. I did it. All by myself. We do that all the time, isn't that right? I worked hard and got to where I am today because I worked hard for it. You know, right now it's a graduation season in our church. Can you imagine one of our graduates? They get the diploma with their you know, gown and everything and come to their parents. Mom and dad, I did this all by myself. To God, I did this all by myself. As soon as Nebuchadnezzar spoke those words, as soon as those words came out of his mouth, He was driven out of humanity and he acted like a beast, an animal. The Bible says his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle. All of a sudden his hair like, there's a picture, check this out. Really creepy picture. Yeah, you can go to, that's it. That's kind of creepy. I don't want like, I don't want you to have a nightmare looking at that picture. Right? And then he lived, he lived as a beast. The great king of the great Babylon. It is ironic, isn't it? Loma Linda Church. Isn't it ironic? This great king who's bearing the image of God himself is suddenly groveling on the ground and eating grass. This Eden-like tree is protecting all the birds and animals and serving all of creation. It is touching the sky one moment and the next it is cut down and bound, still rooted, but without serving its express purpose. Nebuchadnezzar, like the first human ones, Adam and Eve, was enjoying the fruits of this kingdom which God had given to him to rule as a blessing so that he can be a blessing to others. And like Adam and Eve, whose created purpose was to benefit all creation, create prosperity, and provide nourishment to all 
around. Nebuchadnezzar is driven out of his domain, no longer able to serve his uniquely human purpose. Now his chief responsibility is the same as beast. He must merely survive in an inhospitable wasteland because that is what our life becomes without God. So why did Nebuchadnezzar become a beast? Chapter 4 says his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride. He forgot the one who had given him his kingdom in the first place. Rather than bearing the image of God, which he was created in, he tried to become God. Loma Linda Church, here we learn a valuable lesson. Where do our arrogance and pride lead us? We abandon God and forsake His image. With all that God gives us and allows us, we glorify ourselves. We honor and celebrate ourselves. King Nebuchadnezzar said, I built it, he said, for my honor and for my glory. He is no longer an image bearer of God. He is no longer serving the created purpose of humanity. In his sovereignty, he was to reflect God's sovereignty. In his glory, he was to glorify the Most High. Image bearing is a human purpose. Nebuchadnezzar was no longer acting as a human. He was, in fact, acting as a beast. And check this out, Lomar in the church. Yes, it is ironic to me that the modern world calls Christians fools. How can you believe in God? How can a reasonable and intelligent person still believe in God? Where does that lead us? Well, at best, We are animals and came from animals. We become beasts without God. Then what is the image of God we learn from today's passage? It is the image of Jesus, the Son of Man, He was God who became a lowly man, the one who came from earth down to earth. He is the human one, the ultimate human one, the one who acts the way a human should act and does what a human should do. In chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar receives his mind back after seven years, just as Daniel interpreted the dream. And this is what he says. Daniel chapter 4, verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Here, 
King Nebuchadnezzar is restored to his kingship, having learned something very important. In chapter 5, on the other hand, King Belshazzar is slain, and the kingdom of Babylon is destroyed. The night of the party becomes Belshazzar's last night and the last day of Babylon. It is destroyed. Today, we learn about courage to be humble. Courage to be humble before God. When we, in humility, acknowledge that God is truly the wise sovereign, then we can become the true human beings we are intended to be. But when we do not, when we turn our power and glory into an idol, then God shows us what we truly become, a beast. I love watching the Olympics. Does anyone like watching Olympics? Five people from our church. Okay. There are a lot of things that I watch during the Olympics. I love watching archery because Koreans are good at archery. I like watching um, taekwondo because the Koreans are good at taekwondo. I like judo. You know, why is it that Koreans only can get gold medal from fighting like stuff? I don't understand this. So sad. Um, But I also watch the fastest man alive, right? 100 meter dash. One year, I was watching the Olympics, and they had a 100 meter dash. And after this man, he won the gold medal. He like broke world record, whatever. And he was like celebrating. And then when the camera came to him, he looked at the camera and said, I'm the man. I'm the man. I remember that clip. And for today's sermon, I wanted to find that clip and show it to you. And I couldn't remember who that was, so I did some research and I looked at all these gold medalists for 100-meter dash for the last several decades. Because I couldn't really remember, like, what year did he win? Um, And then I thought, I finally found it. I thought it was Maurice Green. Okay, Maurice Green, the American um, sprinter. And um, I found this... uh, this clip, and I wanted to show you, okay? And I need to explain a little bit what happens here. So, so you're going to go ahead, play it. You're going to see these people running, and I'm waiting for Maurice Green to win, and then look at the camera and say, I'm the man. Go ahead. Almost set. I know, it's a long time ago, so the quality is not Green, good start. Bolden got a terrific start out wide. Green accelerates. Behind him, Chambers, and then Thompson. Green and Bolden, it's not going to be much in it. Green's got him now and moves away and runs Okay, so Maurice Green won, okay? Now watch. I'm waiting for him to say, I'm the man. Once again, a delighted athlete. He's dominated that event. Drummond actually jumped in front of him, which... Man hug. Drag green okay, good. Celebrate. Heart. He is brilliant through the middle of the race. We've got the two mates and there. And then? Green and Bolden. They've run first and second, and Bolden's inside 10 as well. Bolden had a great first 60. 9, Pause. 8, 7 green, and 9, 9. Did you see what? Did you see what happened? I was waiting for him to glorify himself, going, I'm the man. And, oh, I got the wrong person. Because he... 
knelt and prayed. And I was like, I'm going to use this one. Because this is way better. Because this is exactly what I'm talking about. At your, at the highest peak of your career and achievement, what are you going to do? Are you going to be like King Nebuchadnezzar, go to the balcony? This is all mine. I did it all by myself. Or would you be able to kneel and pray and worship God? That, my friends, is humility. Humility is lifting God up. Humility is acknowledging God. Humility leads us to trust God. Humility leads us to honor Him, glorify Him, and worship Him, which is the purpose of life for all human beings. Animals, no. My Facebook was filled with a great man named Dr. Leonard Bailey this week. Do you know who that is? So somebody, one of my friends on Facebook wrote this. He wrote, His surgical skill was second to none. His advancement of cardiac surgery was also second to none. But really, the most important was how humble of a person he was. Rip, Dr. Bailey Rip, Dr. Bailey, may we all be as humble as you, no matter who we are or what we may achieve. I didn't know Dr. Bailey personally. Um, some of you who work at the medical center probably or went to med school probably knew him. Apparently, he went on to do like uh, 376 infant heart transplant surgery. But he's not going to be remembered for some, some people for what he had done or achieved or accomplished. Rip Dr. Rip, Dr. Bailey, may we all be as humble as you, no matter who we are or what we may achieve. Loma Linda Church, true greatness is not our achievement. True greatness is is not our possessions or wealth. True greatness is not our success or accomplishments. True greatness was portrayed by the Son of Man, the ultimate human one who was God. True greatness is humility. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, It is so easy for us to lift up ourselves, bring self-glory, just feeling really good about it and great about it, like I did this all by myself. But Lord, 
we realize that when we do that, we lose the image that you have created in us, and we lose the purpose that you created us, cre- created us for. Help us, Lord, to re- to be reminded through today's passage that being a human being is called to worship God, give Him glory and honor. That is what being a human being is all about. So, Lord, as sons and daughters of God, not as beasts or or animals, but as sons and daughters of God, help us to lift you up. Help us to worship you and give you glory and honor. Allow humility. Humility to be in the center of our lives and center of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.